0: God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. This is the most ready I've ever been on the podcast. Why is that? What do you attribute that to? Uh, I mean, just because I'm ready. I'm usually not ready. (laughs) So, just being ready at all means... This is the most ready I've been. Did you have a good morning? Uh, I mean, I didn't get run over by a truck. Right. Uh, my dick didn't fall off. (sighs) Not yet. My feet weren't snake bit. So, in regards to those things, pretty good.
1: I have always heard that happiness is really just about managing expectations and reality. So... If your three criteria for starting off your day right is not getting hit by a truck, not getting snake bit on your feetsies, and not having your penis fall off, then uh I think the poets would call you a rich man indeed.
0: Yeah. What's that duck that was super rich in the Disney cartoons? Uh like a millionaire the, duck, and he would just like swim in gold coins. Oh, duck McScrooge. <laughs> yeah. You're duck fucking McScrooge, if those are your criteria it's all about perspective everything's perspective well i'm on day 12
1: of running five miles a day eating super clean no booze and i feel great i've lost like four pounds not as many as i'd hope for but when i get in this zone i've already locked into the power so i'm locked into the power for at least the next two months, there's nothing you could fucking put in front no. of my face that I'm going to eat. That's just how the power works. I don't Dude,
0: no, you're locked into the power.
1: You get locked into power and it won't be that way forever because God knows I've been on this ride for 10 years. It goes up and down. And no, all around.
0: eventually somebody picks the lock.
1: <laughs> Someone gets into that <laughs> chamber for sure.
0: And all that power just seeps out. And then you wake up one day and you just like, what's in the fridge? But when you are locked into the
1: power, one thing that you do do uh, when you're running or when you're eating you know, your 10th piece of fucking grilled chicken is you do start to fantasize about food. And I do think about Duck McScrooge. Now his thing was money. He liked to swim in his money. He liked to jump into a big pool of gold coins. For me, my fantasy, yep. it's spaghetti. Straight up. Hundred percent. Okay. With red sauce. Period. Okay. That <laughs> that means I'm a sick man. Um, I did want to talk about something. So we started Love Is Blind season two last night. I Have you I, I watched all of it. Okay. Well, no spoilers. We're we're getting through it pretty quick. We did three last night. And I mean, in 2022, dude, I wish we could watch the show together. Because if you could be a fly on the wall with the things that me and Isabel say during the show, Capital C canceled. Well, <laughs> we'd be fucking out of here,
0: dude. First of all, first of all, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about season one. Season one. Chef's kiss. Perfection. Should we explain the premise again for a listener who may not have seen the show before? You got 10 or 12 pods times two. Boy gets in one pod, girl gets in the other pod. They can't see each other. They talk to each other. They fall in love just hearing their voices because then they fill in all the blanks and make the other person into this like whoever their fantasy idea of them is. And they truly fall in love. The idea is to get to the next step you have to be proposed to and say yes, that you're going to marry this person sight unseen. Then the next part, which is my favorite part of the show, they see each other. And dude, that part is my favorite part.
1: Because, and this is kind of the central thing. I don't want to get too far ahead. This is actually what I wanted to talk to you about. It's because the whole premise of the show is, the show's called Love is Blind. And the idea is you fall in love with this person without knowing what they look like. So it's sort of this, bizarre indictment on vanity or on valuing looks. But here's the the central problem of the show. Finding someone attractive is part of falling in love with them, period.
0: Well, here's the thing. It's easy to fall in love with somebody who you can't see. Right. Because you make up an idea. Yeah, in your head, they're the most perfect person that you want them to be. It's like when you meet a stranger and you fall in love with them immediately because you don't know anything about them. You don't know what they don't like or dislike. And so in your mind, they're like, they just look good and they're like perfect.
1: They're idealized. And
0: then as soon as they start talking, you're like, Psst, hey, don't say no words. Because I, I know who you are already and you're perfect.
1: Or you'll have like a really charming brief encounter and you'll just imagine in your head, that's what the next 40 years of my life could be. Yeah.
0: Even though, of course, it couldn't be. It's like when you're eating a Snickers bar, you think, the rest of my life is going to be a mouthful of Snickers, but really what it is (laughs) the rest of your life is just self-hatred and depression.
1: You think that caramel, peanut, chocolate road is going to
0: lead you up into fucking God's God's open arms, and it don't, because I tried. It only lasts... While that ch- while that last little bit of chocolate's on your tongue. It only lasts as long as that candy bar is. Dude, as soon as it gets into that throat area and below, bye-bye. Bye-bye, good feelings. But I will say, we just
1: sit there and watch it, and we just, we really do. We really just judge the whole process. Oh, yeah. And I will say, it's not all mean. Like, we're really pulling for some of them, too. But my yeah. wife and I are, as are you, and I, and I know Laura is as well, we don't suffer any bullshit. No, we we're not sentimental and we don't play any shit. So we're watching it going, right, row.
0: this ain't going to be good because right. that guy ain't going to like what she looks like. Uh, she no. ain't going to like what he looks like. <laughs> Dude, that's the main part of the show is you're just like, you're not going to like this. <laughs> you're not going to like it, baby. And <sighs> so I'll, I'll, I'll say this too, like the when they see
1: each other, that is chef's kiss great. But I do think the next interesting part of the show and maybe even more interesting so what they do is when you, you get engaged, so they take you out of the pod sitch, because basically what the pods are is you're meeting with different people in different pods. You're going on dates. You're dating. And then the idea is that you fall in love, you get engaged. They sh- Once you get engaged, they ship you off to like Cancun, where you're basically, the idea is that you're going to be, they, they, Nick Lachey even says it, one of the hosts, he says, we need to find out if the physical match is as strong as the emotional one. Because you can't get around the fact that you want you have to want to be able to fuck each other. And what it's so interesting, and you, you know, they always have those first nights where you just you can see the chick waiting to tell the guy, I'm not touching your penis tonight, dude. Sorry. Yeah. It ain't happening. The one girl goes, I just want to have boundaries. And uh he's kind of like, What? And she's like, I just think tonight we should sleep in separate rooms. And he's like, Hey, totally cool. And she's like, All right, well, I'm gonna go do that now. And he goes, It's 7
0: 30. It's like she didn't even want to hang with him, dude. Dude, no, I mean we we are gonna do some spoiler alerts. I'm glad. You Don't saw do that. it for me. No, for no, me I'm, I'm just talking one. about. I, now that I know you've seen that episode where she yeah. goes to bed at 7:30. Yes. Now, when she's trying to decide between that's Shana, and she's trying to decide between right. the guy that she picks and Shane, Kyle and Shane. And so you're like, please pick Shane, which she she does pick Shane. But then Shane picks some other chick who you think there's no way Shane's gonna think this other chick's attractive at and all. And she doesn't like him either, man. But he picks he picks this other chick and he actually likes yeah. what she looks like, which was kind of shocking to me because I don't I didn't think she was attractive.
1: I think he's a horny idiot. That's why.
0: Now Shana Heiss. The word what? is heist, that's German for zip. <laughs> <laughs> Shane, So you're hoping that Shane and Shane get together because they're both dumb as logs. They're dumb. And you figure, oh, these guys will be like a perfect couple. But anyway, she picks Kyle. And you know, like, I couldn't wait for that reveal because I was like, she is not going to look like what he looks like because that dude looks like a monkey. Well, he's got strange features.
1: I mean, I think he's got a nice smile. He's in shape. And he really does seem like a good guy. No, that dude is
0: clueless, dude. But
1: he's clueless. Like, I literally described him. Because the thing is, you propose behind a wall. Now, you can start to get a feeling for the success of the relationship by how genuinely excited they see. They seem. He's he's really seeing this. Like, this might be my wife. He's, like, crying and stuff. Right. She looks like she's just been hit in the face by a fucking buffalo.
0: Well, she... I mean, obviously, they're going to edit it a certain way. So you don't sure. really know they're what They're trying actually, to tell a story. Right. Yeah. You don't know what actually happened. But she basically is like, Yeah, I don't like you. I like Shane. Shane dumps her. She's like, Well, I want to continue on being in the show because I want to get my Instagram all tight. Total. That's exactly. And it. Uh, that's all it is. It's all about just gaining notoriety now. But you're right. He's so clueless because he can't even pick
1: up on the fact that she's not into it. But, dude, when they do the
0: reveal, she doesn't uh, even want to touch him.
1: And he still doesn't even really get it. He's still smiling, like, huh? And he's like, have some hope. And I likened it to you're taking your dog to be put down because your dog's got some sort of terminal illness and the dog's wagging its tail the whole time. Like, See, walking
0: into doom with no idea the forces that are against him. No that guy was and what about uh what about the guy from el paso and that other chick i can't think of either of their names do you remember that that was the first reveal the very first one yeah the 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 dude that makes his own toothpaste no oh no no that was the first reveal no i guess it was maybe the second reveal the guy the i just indian call him the, i just call him the guy from el paso the indian guy who gets oh the indian no chick? that dude that indian guy
1: how about the fact that what right a when he, POS. he's a piece of shit. And then right when he met her, he just started grabbing her ass. It was so gross, And me and Nisbell were like, hey, man, you guys are still really strangers. I get that the show is this idea that you're like in love or whatever, which yeah. is complete horse shit. And the thing is, they keep saying things like, I don't even care what they look like. I did like the, the kind of dumb guy that ended up with the uh, the Asian chick. He's like, I mean, if she's missing a tooth, that's not going to work for me.
0: That, guy <laughs> so, that guy's so <laughs> dumb, dude. He, like, he don't say that. He's right, but don't say I know. that on the show. Of course, he's right, but yeah, you don't say that. <laughs> well, she's taking a shit when she walks up the thing. I'm not. I'm not going to be into that. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's not. What do you think, dude?
1: What's wrong with you? the The problem with the show, I mean, it's like watching a train wreck. I guess it's like any. I mean, you, I know you're a Bachelor Nation homie, and I guess like all these are kind of like this. But the the really the problem that I have with Love Is Blind, and it ain't going to keep me from watching it. Is that it tries to be this preachy thing about how we shouldn't we shouldn't judge by appearances, but really when you talk about men and women or men and men, whatever the deal is, however you're oriented, however whatever you're, you you want to fuck, you have to be attracted to it physically. That right. is just a. It just to well take that out of it is is ludicrous as a premise.
0: Well, that's why when you're watching the show, you want people that are kind of similar in, in, in terms of like scale of one to ten. You want somebody who's a seven to pick another seven. You don't want a seven to pick a ten, or a seven to pick a four because you know it's not going to work. And I mean, you're a romantic. I'm a romantic. We want to see love. I want it win. to succeed. Yeah, yes. I want to yeah. see people fall. Like, I love. I love the stuff in the pods where they fall in love, because they really are falling in love. The, if you've never seen the show, you're like, mm, this all sounds like bullshit. But once you watch the show, you see how it works. And people really, truly fall in love. They're not faking it. They're really, truly in love. And I, it makes me cry, dude. I love that part. But then right. even more than I love that, <laughs> dude, that reveal is just so rough. And then every once in a while, you know, every once in a while you're going to get somebody on that show who's not a complete maniac, and they're going to act appropriately. But that Indian dude, oh my, oh my god, gosh, he was dude.
1: horrible. He was so gross, and she liked it. It seemed like because I guess it made her feel sexy. But you know, they also always go in right for these really awkward kisses. And uh, I yeah. thought that the I thought that Jared, the couple, the the black couple, uh, he played it right because. And they're the ones I think that have the most success of making it. I know you've seen it, but just to give you a a,
0: no, here's well, here's the problem with the whole show. They only dropped five episodes, so all and like my favorite stuff is at the end when they're on the altar. Like I want to just skip right to that too because only five are out. Well, luckily the other two will come out when this by the time this podcast comes out, the other five will have dropped. Oh, okay, cool. So,
1: um, well, he came in and did a really warm hug. Yeah. And, That's and what it, you it really, do. You hug and, the person hug, and then you and,
0: talk to them.
1: And then they talked and then they did like a really sweet kiss and you, me and Isabel both agreed. They both wanted to kiss each other. Yeah. You could tell. Yeah. I think those kinds of dynamics have the most success. Now you mentioned season one, which season one hooked me. I thought this show sounded horrible. You got me to watch season one. I, I thought it was great. The mo- One of the most unlikely couples is still together. Right. Cameron and uh, I can't remember the, the chick's name. And we were watching that. We were like, she does not like him. We were like, she's not attracted to him. I don't know how she's going to figure out how to have sex with him, but he really won her over. And I, th- I think those kinds of things are possible. Sure. And maybe, uh, you know, maybe this Kyle guy can win over the, the German heist chick that you think. I, I think she's a little too weird for me to be attracted to.
0: Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but anyways, I, yeah, who knows? Anyways, it's the the problem with the second season that i've had is that i really only like i kind of like shane i like two or three of the people I, I i like the first season i liked everybody and this season there's just like uh i'm like why like laura stopped watching it my wife she was like fuck i hate all these people i'm not watching it i'm like okay Again. Well, we're th-
1: we're three episodes in, and there's many of the people they have not even shown anything about. I'm How about like, they must, that? You know, they're not really showing a lot of the other dates, so they must not be interesting enough or whatever.
0: No, no. If they don't get engaged, they don't show them. So you'll see all these people on the show. Like there's seven or eight people that you never see. Right. Yeah. And I'm hoping maybe in the second when they drop the next five, sometimes they do that where they'll drop the next five and then they'll go back and go, oh, these people also met each other and got engaged yeah i don't know it's good well the other thing that i found out last night which really made me super happy is that there's a new season of the bachelor but it's not it's been on for like seven weeks oh wow it's been on for a while
1: i didn't there's know, also though. there's also a new um a new season of barry coming out i don't know if you got into barry i thought barry, Love was great. barry. Love um, now, we've gotten a lot of good emails based on, I think our last few episodes have been really good. I don't know why or how that happens. To me, it feels like we have a lot of similar conversations, but we got a lot of good response. So let's dip into the emails here. First of all, I want to thank Julius Creed for becoming a patron. We really appreciate everyone who joins us on that level. They can hang with us in The Secret Weekly and they get to sleep at night because they support one of the podcasts that brings them so much laughter and joy and insight into the great mysteries of the human experience. Justin Beckham writes, and the subject is Lost Songs. He says, hey, Bob and Clint, your last episode, you guys were talking about bands that have come and gone and the songs from those bands that are now lost and forgotten. It reminded me of a Reply All podcast episode titled The Case of the Missing Hit. Did you ever hear this? Uh-uh. Okay, so he goes on to describe this episode, but I'm going to tell you what it is because I heard it and it blew my fucking mind. So Reply All, it's just kind of an interesting investigative podcast. its They're pretty short. They're usually 30 minutes to an hour, and they're pretty interesting. It'll be like the scams that you get on Instagram they'll just follow those down the rabbit hole and they they did have this one really famous episode where they like they went all the way to India to find like one of those like watch scams on Instagram they do shit like that well this they were investigating this one guy who's trying to find this regional song from like Phoenix and he couldn't remember who the band was and he couldn't remember anything about it but he could remember how it went so he like he scoured the internet blah 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 it get to gets to a point where he could remember literally how like the bass lines went and how the chorus went, what the lyrics were. He had a band re-record the song so he could shazam it, and it worked. He ended up finding the song. It's a really wild episode. Um, he says, I don't want to spoil the ending if you haven't heard it, but you should definitely listen to the episode. I think you both would enjoy it. Really enjoy your show. Thank you for giving me some entertainment on my daily commute. So he was just sharing this. It's episode 158. It's called The Case of the Missing Hint. A man in California is haunted by the memory of a pop song from his youth. He can remember the lyrics and melody, but the song itself has vanished, completely scrubbed from the internet. So there's that. There's one of those little lost songs that doesn't have to be forgotten forever.
0: Dude, I I mean, now that there's Spotify and now that there's Google, it's like you can pretty much find anything. But I remember back in the day, I'd be like, what's that song? right and dude if you couldn't come up with it bye-bye yeah gone like it wasn't that long ago the people that you went to school with or old girlfriends or boyfriends lost to history until facebook
1: well i'm not on facebook but yeah i have people in my life where i i can't remember what their face looks like the idea of them i have We did this. We did that. They said this. They represent something. It's almost a symbol. Cannot conjure up what their face looks
0: like. But yeah. But if I want to find out what my seventh grade, my first girlfriend in seventh grade looked like, I know her name. I know roughly when she was born. I know where she lived at that point in her life. I can find her on Facebook right, probably within about five minutes. Is that is the net of that good or bad? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see any way that that could be good.
1: Exactly, I feel the same way. Things need to die and pass on. You need to move on.
0: Yeah, I'm and starting. Think- I'm starting to become like a fucking aborigine. <laughs> like literally, don't like <laughs> literally. don't take don't take pictures. <laughs> only act out stories. Don't even film them. Right, just, just let
1: things be. With live it. in like- the
0: moment. Wear some strings around your dick i agree dude and maybe some shells i uh the
1: band that i'm in they call it game tape you know like any given night that we play there's a fucking million people filming everything we do now and the idea to me of watching what we just did the night before is truly so crazy like it doesn't even occur to me and the thought of it is insane to me i don't seek it out I don't want to see it unless we're like trying to get better at something like, hey, let's we need to listen to how we're playing this. It, it needs to be better. Just the idea of watching myself on stage through someone's phone is just mortifying to me. But these knuckleheads, they just that's all they do. Are you talking about the band that you play? In?
0: Yeah. They <laughs> film each other and then they look at each other.
1: No, no, no. They look a hundred people in the crowd are filming us every night. They oh. look up those videos on Instagram or on the Internet. Oh, yeah. I don't want to see that. They call it watching game tape and i call it
0: what i call it being ashamed of the way i look i think i have some
1: of that as well but i think part of me too is like no video of what we did is going to be as good as what happened in the room just let it die let it go man we're playing a show tonight it's over live in the fucking moment
0: i don't know i used to do that thing when i first started playing like every show like If it was recorded or if it was videotaped, I would watch the shit out of that. And then after you've done that like 10 times, 15 times, you're like, I'll never do that again as long as I live. Well, so speaking of all this,
1: Brian Lancaster wrote in. He said, hey, guys, thanks for the great conversations in the podcast. Super entertaining and, dare I say, thought provoking. He says in the most recent podcast, Bob mentions The Temple Show. I just happened to watch that last night on YouTube. Great show. Special shout out to Clint for the badass moon song solo. Amazing. Keep it rolling, Brian.
0: Dude, having said what I just said, I did watch some of that Temple show because some time had passed. I mean, when did we do that? That was like six months ago, a year ago. I don't know what it was now. It
1: was the summer. So yeah, but a little over six months ago. So
0: I saw that came up and I was like, oh, this is cool. And it looks good. Like it's really well shot. Yeah. And I was like, I'll watch some of this. I probably watched, I don't know, maybe five or six minutes of it. But I'm not going to watch the whole thing.
1: Well, I looked up that moon song solo to see if it was
0: as good as Brian thinks it was. Pretty good. I don't remember it. I thought that whole show was really good. Like, in my mind, that show was great. But I will say this. I watched about five minutes of it. And I was like, eh, I'm not as funny as I thought I was. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Because well, first
1: of all, you are. But you, you as your own, the observer of your own, like you, you cannot win that. You will lose that. It's it's some sort of weird psychological, you know, paradox. So you were as funny as you remember, but you watching it, it will never feel that way. It's gone. It's dead. Well, there is
0: it's dead shit. There is something, especially with comedy or with humor, when you're in a room and people are laughing and you're and the humor, it's not like. You know, some some I have some jokes and some stories that I kind of rehash over and over. But the best stuff is always the stuff that I'm just thinking up on the spot. And when that happens, which it happened at Temple, and people are laughing, and we're all together, and the, you guys are laughing because you've never heard it either, there is something really kind of magical of being there. That yes. later on, you uh, you lose all that. You know, even even if you watch a stand up on like a stand-up special you're not in that crowd no. like when you see you know I don't know who your favorite comedian is Aziz sorry. when you see him live it's incredible
1: it's because you can't really capture with a camera everything that came to pass to bring everyone into that room the feeling of a room yeah and, and everyone's exact feelings of that room which that's treading a little into woo-woo shit which you know me I'm not really into woo-woo stuff but there's a reason that it's more flat when you just watch it. You just can't recreate the 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 way that the air is pushed in that room when you're all there together living it. And you have this thing that people absolutely love. The best comedians have it, the best musicians have it. Bob Dylan has it. Where there's a sense where you have the audience's trust, but there's also a sense of no one knows what you might say next. And that's yeah. that's a rare stew to build for everybody, you know.
0: Well, I'm definitely the guy. I've talked about it before. Like the difference between me and and somebody like Bruce Springsteen like and you've probably seen that Broadway show that he did that was on Netflix. I haven't seen it yet. I've heard it's really good, but I haven't seen it. It's really good and he has these stories prepared. He's a really eloquent speaker. He's really funny. But he's telling this story on Broadway that he's obviously memorized.
1: Yeah, it's a magic and, trick.
0: And it's coming out and it's great. But at no point do you think, oh, this guy's going to fucking fall and hit his head and kill himself. Right, exactly. But with me, you definitely think, oh, you know, this guy's going to fuck himself up. Cause I say <laughs> shit sometimes. I'm like, oh, shit. Where, you know, I'm like between two icebergs, like crossing the fucking, you know, when you cross glaciers and you got to put the metal ladder over it. I'm like, oh, shit. Why did I put the metal ladder over this premise?
1: There's a sense to where it's almost performance art in a way. Yeah. But but what I'll say about you, and because there are people who are good at that, we probably know some of them. And they had to get good at that. They developed that muscle because they didn't have good songs. And so you have to just divert, you know, attention to this shiny thing. But the thing is when you're when you have a great show, you have that whole thing in between, but then you have these great songs sprinkled in. Otherwise, I think your show is one of the best shows ever. When it hits, when it's hitting on all cylinders
0: like that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I will say this: I played in Marble Falls, and anytime I play, I mean Marble Falls is like that's Texas, Texas. You know what I mean? There's cowboy mm-hmm. hats in there. Mm-hmm. When you get into Texas, Texas, and I'm not talking even even Houston or Dallas or Austin or San Antonio, but you get into the heart of Texas, those people don't put up with any shit. And they're not super into nuance. They're not super into fucking <laughs> super, you know, silly, you know, kind of making fun of me or making fun of the, you know what I mean? They like it pretty much nail on the head kind of stuff. And I said something, I'd like, I like, I did some joke and dude, not a single, and it was a joke, you know, like when you do it, it's one thing when you're telling a story and it happens to be funny, it's another when you do a joke joke. Mm -hmm. and i did the joke joke and when i was done not a single laugh just (laughs) silence and i was like oh i know what it was it's because i my guitar i broke a string and i not only did i have to change guitars but jay had to unscrew the thing that holds the strap from my old guitar to the new guitar Mm -hmm. so literally had like three minutes to kill so I'm standing there with the mic trying to tell a story and then some jokes in Marble Falls with the cowboy hats, with people, you know. I, I could have just told a story about how my mom raised me right. And they would have <laughs> loved it. Instead, I tried to get real meta and you know, you know how I do. Oh my god, dude.
1: Um, we got one more email before we kick it to the Secret Weekly. This is Marie Paul Jeski, who I believe is a patron. She says, hi, Bob and Clint. I've always loved, I always loved the podcast, but the last couple of episodes were especially great. I enjoyed how episode 247 in particular was a well-deserved Clint love fest followed by Graceland talk, which I know better than almost any album because my parents had it on vinyl when I was a kid and I played it constantly. Now this is going to dip into some interesting content for you, Bob, because it involves your music and one Mr. Eddie Vedder. She says, Clint, I've been wondering for a while, do you hear similarities between Bob's Small Dreams and Pearl Jam's Yellow Ledbetter?" I'm not a musician, but it's just a similar chord progression. Basically, it sounds to me like Small Dreams could be sung over the guitar part from Yellow Ledbetter. and it would work. doesn't sound like a ripoff or anything. And by the way, I would love to hear your thoughts, Clint, on Kenny Wayne Shepherd's While We Cry. I fail to understand how that can claim to be an original song. It sounds exactly like Yellow Ledbetter. She says, do comparisons bother you <laughs> as artists? She says, I know Bob doesn't like Pearl Jam, but I'm a fan. And Clint, if you do hear the similarities, is it hard not to launch into the iconic yellow Ledbetter guitar part? When you play Small Dreams, your solo on that track is so beautiful, by the way. Bob, I'll be at your March 31st show in New York. Can't wait. Thanks, Daddy's much love. Marie Paul Jeske.
0: All right. Thanks, Marie Paul Jeske. She's on the live stream all the time, too. And uh, it's nice to hear her name. And I'm glad she likes this podcast a lot. All right. First of all, (laughs) I don't think you get What is it? Yellow Ledbetter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've it's never a, f- a, a, a I've never heard that song ever. You would, you would hate it,
1: Bob, because no, check, he, I've he, never heard it first. There, of all. Well, there are no lyrics. He literally
0: mumbles the lyrics. There aren't any lyrics. Okay. Well, <laughs> here, here here's that. yeah. Uh, of course, I would hate it. I mean, I hate it when I hate it. I don't like. I don't like Pearl Jam because you can understand a few of the lyrics, but even the lyrics that he wrote that he didn't mumble, you can't understand them. And then when you finally do get a transcription of the lyrics, they still suck. It's not like they, it's not like, oh, that's what he's saying. Oh, that still sucks.
1: I think he's a good lyricist. Oh, my God. I get it. But you would really hate the song because, you know, it's kind of classic. Stoner early nineties thing where they had this kind of jam, it's a bluesy jam. I and and to answer her question, I personally don't see the similarities. Um
0: Well the the problem the problem with it is it's a very straight one four five chord progression. So yeah, it's pretty that's common chord progression, right. At okay. least a billion bil billion songs have that same chord progression. Uh uh I think Forty Dogs has the same chord progression. You can uh, there's a billion songs that have it, so that's the only similarity from maybe it's the same tempo or something or i don't know
1: yeah but we you know we didn't make it's real bluesy it's very like mike mccready on a strat playing hendrixy kind of it sounds like little wing a little bit if you're familiar with that song whereas small dreams is in the more like vein of like epic story song builds big i don't know I appreciate that she likes The Solo and I appreciate that she's a Pearl Jam fan cuz I am too. Eddie Vedder's got a new solo album out that I heard and
0: Well he he <sighs> was on he was on uh Conan O'Brien's podcast. Oh, was it Conan or Smartless? No, no, it was it was you're right. It was Smartless. And right. and I'm like I'm going to listen to it because I'm I'm a hater first and <laughs> foremost, I <I'm a laughs> least hater. you know. But I'm like let me give this guy a chance. Let me let me give him a chance. Let me not just go on hating him. So I listened to it, and it was exactly what I thought it was going to be, which is him being very sincere. Them, all three of those guys, kissing his ass the whole time, right? And then him just, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to find the poetry, and you know, have the poetry meet the music. And it's like he's, it's so like everything that I'm not. Like I will take everything that I've done and tear it apart and show how. Just stupid and silly and bullshit, it all is. And he's the opposite, where he's like, No, this is real. This is the shit. And this is what I'm trying to do. And blah, blah, blah. And it's so fucking boring, dude. <laughs> it just makes me go, What the fuck? But here's the thing people eat that shit up all day long, all night, all through the night, in the morning, through the morning, into the afternoon. And here's what happens just stacks and stacks and piles of fucking money and then when you're fucking 50 years old you fucking fire your first wife who was your manager who brought you all the success and you marry a hot bitch and have kids and then you go on smart list and try to talk a bunch of bullshit and they eat it up yeah i'm not happy about it now if Eddie Better's listening to this podcast, I'm a huge fan. I love all your music, and I can't wait for your new fucking record to come out. Can't wait to hear it. I hope the lyrics are better than all your other shit. God
1: damn it. Well, this concludes another episode of I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. We have two other podcasts. Bob's called The Song Club. Mine's called Metal Up Your Podcast, where we talk about Metallica. You can support us by with a couple of easy things. You can leave us a positive review on iTunes, or you can leave us positive review on spotify where i'm sure some of you are listening you can send an email bob and at gmail.com we'll talk about whatever the fuck you want as we did today on the show and you can join us on patreon patreon.com ncom slash just simply the letters i-o-k it'll unlock a portal that will send you to the secret weekly where we are going now and we'll see you next week take care of yourselves bye
0: bye <laughs>